Welcome to the Outdoor Country Talk Podcast, hosted by Jacob Poole and Jeremy Shaw, where we bring country living and the great outdoors together. All right, welcome back to another episode of Outdoor Country Talk with Jacob and Jeremy. We are sitting here guestless again because, man, we've had a we've had a busy week. We have, we have again. Well, and I thought we were going to have a guest. I thought one of the guys from this past hunting trip was going to be able to make it. Two of them told me real quick they didn't think they they needed to be on the air, and they didn't feel like they were needed in this. The other one said that he 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 was thinking about it real hard, but wound up having something come up and he couldn't make it. So well, they have uh, they have sent me some talking points that they wanted oh, to they? make sure I covered, and then told me some to leave out. So gave some cover notes to hey, you need to, you need to talk about this, you need to talk about that. Well, they told me they didn't really want me using any real names, so oh, they want me on. to come up with some fake names. <laughs> And there's really only one of them that I really want to talk about a lot. but uh, Yeah, and he was probably one of the main ones that do not mention me, huh? Yes. Yeah. Yes. He was our first-time hunter, first-time duck hunter, not first-time Oh, hunter. really? It was the first time, really? First time, and I got you some stories. That oh, you, man. You will know throughout it that it was his Well, it's always time. fun taking somebody on their first hunt, you know, like, well, like we hunt in the Mississippi Duff or something. But taking a trip to North Dakota, I bet there was some good things come out of that, wasn't it? His first hunt was phenomenal it's not what a normal oh. first hunt is so he, you, you know, saying he may be set up for disappointment for here on out well he had day two day three so he got a little bit of a taste of you know sitting Duck there hunt. watching nothing <laughs> yeah uh you know uh all the junk that goes on in the right and stuff getting told but yeah yeah before we uh before we kick off into that we've got the uh We've got the Homochitta River Festival coming up this weekend and yeah I don't know how that's going I mean hey, we're sitting here right now with it raining and, and i know it's an outdoor event i don't know with the actual it's all up and down main street of meadville mississippi yeah uh, so i don't i don't know but that is that is uh this saturday that's tomorrow yeah yeah i, I know this show won't air until afterwards but we're gonna have a booth there um we're supposed to be i believe with the macomb animal shelter we're gonna okay. be kind of partnered with them on that uh okay. in the same space area yeah which uh talked with the lady there yesterday and she told me that they are they're in a really good area so we'll have good visibility and got able to talk to a lot of folks well, that's good the question's going to be whether it's going to flood on us the whole time because <laughs> i had thought about taking the laptop and the speakers and yeah. letting the podcast play but right if it's supposed uh, to rain the whole time yeah probably not and I don't know if I have an electrical cord here that does not have a bare spot in it somewhere. <laughs> so running it across a wet ground may That's be... a hazard within itself. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And plus electronics and water don't really go together that way. Most well, so do not. No. So I figured we would uh we we would just take the banners and some cards and yeah. maybe do some hats and give up you know, do something with those and That'll be good. And then the next weekend, which I guess is probably the weekend this airs, will be the one at West Macomb Baptist Church. There That's Macomb, right. right. They're having that wildlife expo there. Yeah. Uh, it's it's only for a couple hours, but they're right. trying to get kids more involved in the outdoors, and they ask us to come. I know uh, Big Jeff and them are going to be there. Right. Yeah, team I breakdown. I think uh, and- Hominy Creek Calls is going to be there. Yep. He actually made the call for our Delta Waterfowl Banquet this year. He did. Made some beautiful calls for our – so yeah, y'all look uh, Judd Honey up with Hominy Creek calls. If uh, if you need a good homemade call, Judd Judd will make you the whole call, or he'll make the barrel and put a put an insert in it, or he'll make yeah. the he'll do it any way you want. Pretty it. much all custom. Yeah, I know and, we touched on it this last. You know, they were we had talked about in the last episode. I think it was the last episode episode before last. I can't remember 
about the uh, they were having the cook off at the Homestead River Festival. You talked about Uncle Allen. He yeah, was, I he don't was, know if he's actually cooking this time or well, not. Well, I wondered uh, if he's going to bring out the signature bologna loaf. You know that man likes some bologna. I, I don't. We have gone to some really nice steakhouses <laughs> over the year, or, or really nice eating places, and he find a bologna sandwich up there. He sold. And he's, I mean, that's a, it don't matter if there's a 15-ounce porterhouse steak up there. He's, well, what was that? We were up at the expo in Jackson. He wasn't able to make it. He was gone to something, but he was able to send us a picture of his smoked whole bologna loaf. Yeah. We're talking about several pounds of bologna that he had smoked. I think he said he got it all sale for about 10 cents a pound, something like that. So it was a bargain he couldn't resist. I have, look, I, we ate so much of it as a chap that you almost, you'd have to pay me to eat it. The uh, you know yep. between that and sardines and oh what is that other oh spam oh mm-hmm. uh, my mom used to make a spam she'd fry up some spam and oh, put it yeah. on a and look when we were chaps man, oh man you dug you dug in and went on yeah. to it but nowadays I'm 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 gonna stick with the ham and the turkey yeah maybe a little roast beef every once in a while but uh, yeah oh and that's something we need, we got to talk about the grocery shopping adventure on this trip. Uh, it yeah, because y'all flew up there, so you didn't have a whole lot of necessities you could bring with you other than what you were going to use We did not, but they had told us that there were places to eat, lunch, and dinner, but you needed something to be able to bring in a blind with you. Right. So, you know, we were going to make us a sandwich and bring us some snacks. Sure. We'll, we'll get into it in a minute. I, I'll tell you more on it. It was a... Uh, yeah, so we've we've had a busy week, similar to like we had the last couple of weeks, just, just you and I on things we've done. I mean, I didn't have anything exciting going this past week. I'd been... Had to go to Atlanta all week and sit through some classes. And uh, Atlanta's always an adventure, isn't it? Man, Atlanta is one of those places that I just I love going there for the classes that I'm taking. But man, I just I just dread going to Atlanta, Georgia. I don't blend in. It I don't. I just, well, let me tell you one. Several years ago, I had to go to Atlanta for some training, and I'm cruising through Atlanta. You know, on the eight or nine lanes of traffic, right, however yeah. many it is through yeah. there, and you know, the speed limit sign may say seventy. But if you're riding 70, you're getting run over. Well, you better go what everybody else is going. So I'm trying to travel the speed with the flow of traffic. I'm probably, you know, I'm, I'm well above that. And old truck's kind of, you know, it's it's pretty well pegged out. It's yeah. a lady come behind, beside me in a little four-door car. And when she pulled up beside me, she showed me that number one thing <laughs> and took off. And I'm telling you, my only thought was <laughs> I got tickled. And I was sitting there looking, and I said, that is someone's grandmother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because this wasn't a young lady. This was an older lady. And apparently I was not at the appropriate speed that I should have been to be in the lane I was in. You did not get her approval. <laughs> well, I did. I mean, apparently I was number one in her book because, I mean, she shined it at me and, and kept on cruising. And she put it in the floor and went on. So mm. it was a – But, no, I, Atlanta's not one of my favorite places. But I think something you've already touched on it is your adventure to North Dakota – we had a really good adventure. The group of guys that I went with, you know, you go with a group of guys. We've gone on a bunch of trips, and yeah. we've had we've had some really good guys that go with us. You know, the group that normally hunts with us is a, you know, pretty diverse group, and oh, everybody's yeah. got different little quirks and different That's little right. things. And, you know, some talk about this, some talk about that. Everybody's got something to contribute. Well, this group, I'd never – I'd been on the road with one of them before, but I'd never really been on the road with the other two before. Well, he actually went to Missouri with us last year. Yes. Yeah, so well, we had to go pick before. him up at the airport and all – you know, we had to cater 
cater to whatever his needs were there, but he uh, he did he did go hunting with us. Yeah, he didn't mind having to bring his stuff up at all because he no. had us bring it all. So I mean, it worked out <laughs> well for him. Uh, but now, giving kudos now, he didn't help us drive up, but he did drive ninety nine percent of the way back. Yes, he did, and and he got one of those he got one of those really nice driving awards there at one point too. So uh, yeah, he did. We, we won't go on to that too terribly much, but man, we meet up. We had we had been planning this for several months. We had bought the hunt at a NWTF banquet. Yeah, I remember y'all telling me about that. And, you know, you buy a duck hunt at a NWTF banquet, we were basically one of the only ones that bid on it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, not a whole lot of duck hunters in NWTF. And, you know, this area, we've talked about it before, is primarily deer and turkey. That's right. You know, yeah. I mean, that's deer and turkey are king here. Fishing is probably third. You know, ducks are one of those afterthoughts because there's not That's really right. a lot of places duck yeah. hunting here in, around Liberty. I mean, we got some hunters, but it's not just, you know, we're not flooded with opportunities down here. No, I mean, you have to drive. If you go to Lake Mary, that's 45 minutes to an hour. Right. And, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like what we do. I mean, we've got to drive several hours to go hunting. We do, and we do it every single time. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we had planned to hunt, we had got to hunt, and our understanding was we were going up there with an outfitter. We wound up being more of a buddy hunt it wound up being two of the guys from nwtf the mm-hmm. the regional directors they go up there each year have been going for several years they had a place up there to stay they had decoys and a trailer and you know they had all the layout blinds and everything and and they knew the area somewhat you know pretty good and and we learned a lot more about the area while we were up there and that's one thing i would love to go back up and have say 10 days to two weeks because North Dakota is a really cool state. They have a, it's a private land open to hunters program, hmm. the plots program. And you can get a little map booklet. You can go online and print off maps. You can kind of see what the different color coding regulations on each things are, because if you're looking for yellow or red or kind of a greenish color or pretty much what we found out is that if you, you don't have to have permission to hunt on other people's property. Hmm. If they don't have it posted or restricted to hunters, mm-hmm. if you saw ducks going in a pothole over on the side, and that was one of the words that they, you know, it wasn't a pond or a. Right, yeah. It, it was a pothole. That's right. And, and one of our guys, we're going to call him Frank because I was asked not to use names. <laughs> Old Frank got tickled with pothole, and he he lost his tea, and he just called it a pothole. <laughs> and if he didn't say it 2,500 times, in the three days we were there, let's go look at them potholes. Let's go check a pothole. We've got a bit pothole on a pothole. And it was like, <laughs> oh, my Lord, would you please get off the pothole? <laughs> but we had, like I say, we had a great group of guys. Everybody had something different to tell. Uh, we, we got to hear and learn a lot about each other that we didn't know. Uh, we met up that first morning. We'd been doing all the plan, planning for several weeks and, and actually months, and we got everybody organized. Everybody had their stuff together. You know, we we checked on what we had to do to get our guns up there, what mm-hmm. we needed to do, you know, on bags and, and weight and everything else. And another thing I learned the other day, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post something about it here in the next little bit, but if you are going to start flying or if you are going to try to, uh, flying in October of next year, if you do not have a star on your license, which means you have had a background check done, you will no longer be able to use your license as a form of ID at the airport. Somebody was telling me that the other day. They were they knew I, I fly a decent amount, 
And somebody was asking me about that, and I never heard it until they brought it up, and I didn't know, I didn't know the ins and outs of it. It was $11. I went the other day, ran into Summit. Believe it or not, I was in and out 15 minutes. You know, you've been well, seeing rare. all this on Facebook and social media yeah. about everybody that nightmares of getting in the DOT and getting a license. Had I had a commercial license, I think it might have yeah. been a, a big well, rigmarole. What about like but, the ones like you and I or other people? That has got like the like the the carrier permits because you get the background check done with that. It was did that carry over? I think that's fine. Okay, but if you're going to try to use your driver's license, it needs to have its star on it. Uh, and I took a picture of the new license because see my my license was still good until like 2022. Yeah, and I I asked the guy the other day. I said, man, my license is good. He said, yeah, but it's no longer be used be valid. And this hmm. was the man at the airport security, you yeah. know, right there when you first come in. And he said, look, he said, it's not a problem right now, but it's going to be a problem. Well, heck, I just flew this week. And flew. I said, well, here's the issue. I go to Canada in a couple months. I do not want to have trouble getting back <laughs> into the country because my driver's license, or, which I would have my passport on me at that time, right, too. Yeah. But I want to make sure all my all my forms of ID are valid and, and operational. Well, nobody but, mentioned that to me when I flew this week. So, Well, in the U.S., here down here we flew out of baton rouge went to dallas you know they don't check you in dallas once you're right, in transit yeah. of flight but baton rouge said nothing about it the guy in north dakota is the one that told hmm. us about it yeah atlanta nor new orleans told me anything about it but we get we get everything ready to go and we've kind of decided you know hey we're going to take two trucks uh I, I want my truck there just in case something happens somebody has to come back right yeah. you know there's, there's to the airport to yeah. the airport yeah. so we're coming out of baton rouge well you know me, I don't sleep much the night before. I kind of get nah. excited, kind of like a little kid. And about, we were going to leave here at 4.30-ish, 5, um, going over to Baton Rouge. I don't think we flew out to like 7-something that morning. But make sure we were there a good two hours for our flight lift, right. especially because we had guns to check and have registered and everything. And mm-hmm. and that really wasn't a big to-do. But me, I'm bored, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to ride over and meet the guys and then – you know, one of them can ride with me to the airport. We'll still take two cars. Well, it worked out well. When we got over to the guy's house we were meeting at, I did not know that they had already convinced his wife to drive them to the airport because <laughs> she wanted to keep his truck at the house. So needless to say, when I showed up, we moved everything to my truck, and she got to go ahead and go back to sleep. So it, it, that turned out really well. But we all get in the truck. We get headed over there. We get there, and – um we go through and everything goes smooth we get in everything's registered in we get in we go up there they've got a little place open for breakfast we're sitting there eating breakfast and about that time my cell phone rings at six o'clock in the morning six fifteen in the morning i'm like who's calling me this early i look in this airport sir can you come back down we can't get into your gun case and we have something we found oh lord what uh, have they found i mean it's it's two shotguns in there a couple choke tubes and a blind bag yeah well, I go back down, which I'm going to have to come back through the security procedures and get oh. bonded and checked all again. So had to go out of security. To had to go to. out of security, go back to the main de- check-in desk. I get over there. They ask for my keys. They take my keys. They go open it, come back, say everything's fine. And I'm like, well, ma'am, can you tell me what was in there that red flagged it? She's not at this time. I can't divulge that information. I'm like, you know, that would be one of those handy <laughs> pieces of information if I no could doubt. have it because I will make sure it's not in that case. Yeah. Because in my floating blind bag, I have a wrench. I have sockets. Right. I can take that gun completely apart and sure. put it back together with everything that's in that case. 
and I'm thinking I've left a can of gun spray, you know, gun oil or something mm-hmm. there, some type of aerosol that's flammable, you know, because you can't take, or a live round or something or a live like round that. or something like that that's yeah. in there with the gun, and they never would tell me, so they they close it back up, hand me my keys back, and I have to go back through security. Uh-huh. Get back through security, get up there. The guys are still finishing up breakfast, so I mean, it, thank goodness we were in Baton Rouge and not New Orleans, right? And we were there before everybody else, so I mean, it was a it was really smooth. It could have been one of those where it took me an hour and a half to get back, oh, yeah. but it, it didn't take very long. We get back. We catch our flight. As, we, as we're as we taking off on the plane, the gentleman is sitting next to me. We're going to call him Frank. Oh, Frank got, got a little nervous over there. Well, Because so, of the flight? Because of the flight. Okay. Did not know before we got on flight that he does not really like little planes. Well, this was – you know, not a big plane, but it was two rows on the right side, one on the left. Oh, know, yeah. not, a, not a big plane, not, no, a, not, not, a, not a small, small plane. Yeah. Well, we take off, and I can tell he's a little antsy. Well, somehow or another, we all four got seated right there in a block together, and somebody said, well, you know, it, we're going pretty good. Maybe maybe it won't go down. Oh, gosh. Well, Frank next to me, he said, <laughs> man, he said, if it goes down, he said, I'm worried about the sharks. From and Baton Rouge to from Dallas. From Baton Rouge to Dallas. <laughs> when I tell you I got to laughing, I'm like, dude, we don't pass a single large body of salt water anywhere in. No. We're not swinging out over the Gulf to go to Dallas. We're going straight back across. <laughs> you know, we're, we're headed up like a Alexandria direction. You yeah. Know, we're, we're cutting a – I don't think the Mississippi River has any freshwater sharks that I know of. And you got over it so quick, you didn't even know you went over it. <laughs> but he kept on, and he was like, man, he said, I can't even watch Shark Week. My wife watched Shark Week, but I can't think about Shark Week because I don't like sharks. And when I tell you we were all rolling, even the people around us had gotten tickled now <laughs> because everybody could kind of hear what we were discussing. So we got over the sharks, and we finally – we made it to Dallas, landed in, and, of course, you know, we had to – we had to go three terminals over, had to take the little L train thing around mm-hmm. and, and go. And then we had about a four-mile walk, seemed like, through the airport with everything. Well, we got to playing on a conveyor belt. And, yes, we're grown men, but we were still <laughs> playing on that conveyor belt. And we kind of got – Frank and I got ahead of the other two. We get to the stop of some stairs that we decided we'd walk up instead of taking the escalator up. And when we get there – the two guys behind us, they're back there rolling, laughing, and they're talking to this older lady and a younger lady. And as we walk back up to them, the, the older lady speaks, and the younger lady just kind of grins at us, and they take off and go about their business. And I asked them, I said, what are y'all back here cackling about? And they're like, dude, they are having a blast. They were back here taking pictures of your shorts and rubber boots. <laughs> I've got on a camouflage jacket, shorts, and my rubber boots, which is my yeah, normal attire. That's right. You know, if it's not my rubber boots, it's my steel toe boots or my snake boots. So, uh-huh. But apparently this was not normal attire seen in the Dallas airport. <laughs> I don't know. You see a little bit of everything. You see a lot of things in the <laughs> Dallas airport. We got to see some things you wanted to see. And what's the old comedian that said you see some of those things that make you go, boom? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, we, <laughs> we we get to question him, and he's like, man, he said that, that the young girl said that her son or brother – is over like a big sporting outlet or sporting industry. He's big in outdoors, and it's like, well, why in the world didn't you tell her about our talk show? Yeah, you know, say, well, the guy in the rubber boots, he's got his own podcast. You know, That's they're right. they're trying to make their name out in the outdoor industry and trying to you know enjoy and do things that they they really are into. Hey, man, I didn't even think about it. I'm like, <laughs> look, from now on, if we have that occur, 
just halt the whole operation. Yeah, 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 you know, you know, we can have a code word if y'all want to, but you know, tell them, you know, try to try to help us out a little bit. But that opportunity winged on by us, and yeah, we get through, we get get out, and we land in North Dakota, and it's a smaller airport. It's more like Baton Rouge, and mm-hmm. we're sitting there waiting on the luggage, and we're what town to, did y'all fly into? We flew into Bismarck. Okay, and Bismarck's a pretty good sized town. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize it was quite that big, but uh, Bismarck's pretty good, especially when you start looking out at the rural area surrounding it. Because mm-hmm. the little towns that we went through around it, man, they smaller than Liberty. Yeah, there's some little old bitty places out there. And about this time of year, they close up shop. I mean, all the restaurants were getting to where they were fixing to start closing down, and mm-hmm. they were done for the season, is what they kept telling us. Oh. So come winter time, they shut her down. Huh? They shut her down. There's not a whole lot to do. And I guess if you have, you know, the week before we got there, they had almost 36 inches of rain, uh, snow. Yeah, I heard about that. Oh, apparently they had a sure enough cold winter front come through, and it it, it created a lot of havoc. It created some opportunities for us, but it created a lot of havoc for us also. But the guys that had already gone up, they had battled through that, and they had had some good days and some bad days, but. Mm-hmm. They had to deal with the weather conditions where we did not when we got there. I mean, yeah. it was a lot nicer Probably by the time we got there. Yeah, it worked out good. Yeah, a little more shortsy weather for me. Mm-hmm. But we we land in North Dakota and we're waiting on our stuff. We get our firearms and as we're we're sitting there, one of the attendants walks up and says, um, "Ladies and gentlemen, we have we have a little issue. Some of y'all's luggage did not make it." Well, I don't have waiters. I don't really have any cold weather gear. All of my stuff's in my bag, my my calls, my blind bag. Everything I had really said is in my travel bag, you know, my undercarriage bag. I had a couple changes of clothes, you know, some shorts and underwear and some socks in my bag, but I didn't even have a toothbrush. Mm. Didn't have gloves, didn't have toboggan, didn't have anything. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. So we get to checking around. There's a store there named Shields. Let me back up real quick. We asked the lady, said, ma'am, look, my my waiters are in that bag. Now, mine and we're calling him Frank. Frank's clothes did not make it either. Well, this is Frank's first duck hunt, <laughs> first hunting duck hunting experience at all, and we're fixing to go tackle it without waiters. And, you know, how my, my brain works, I've gone to conning up some plan. I'm like, all right, well, if we're not going to be in water that deep or that long, I've got my rubber boots on. Surely I can take some hefty garbage bags and some duct tape. I can, we can make this work. I can wing through this. <laughs> you know, if they're thinking one day, and that's what they kept telling us, your luggage will be here probably at 1145 at night, but we're not sure. And I'm like, well, we're going to be an hour and a half from here. I'm not coming back if you're not going to be sure. Now, if you know yeah. for sure my bag will be here at midnight, I'll be sitting right here at the airport because I don't duck hunt till 5 in the morning that's right. or 6 in the morning. So, you know, they weren't sure. Well, we we get to looking around. There's a store there named Shields, S-H-E-E-L-S. Man, you want to talk about one of the nicest, cleanest stores, and people were so helpful. We're walking down through there, which, of course, we're getting, we're getting a few funny looks with my outfit. The guy walks up, and he says, sir, can I help you? I said, yes, sir. I said, I need a headlamp. I need to find some gloves. Uh, you know, it's supposed to be 30 degrees in the morning with mm-hmm. a 19-hour wind. I won't something to break the wind a little bit and maybe a toboggan or something. Right. And, oh, yes, sir, this way, come. So they walked us around, showed us everything. Well, this is a good one. This is, I mean, just as helpful as you 
you know, you walk into some of these places that we go to, sporting goods stores, and almost they act like you've offended them <laughs> by asking when you ask them for help. <laughs> well, as we were in the store, or before we walked in the store, there's a guy coming out with his girlfriend or with a lady, and he's got a Florida Gator shirt on. Well, you've got four LSU fans in a in a <laughs> truck getting out. It's like how. How did a guy from Florida wind up in North Dakota? He's like, well, I'm working up here, but I went to school at Florida. And he said, let me guess, y'all are y'all are from Alabama? I'm like, no, man, we, <laughs> we live right on the Mississippi Louisiana line. We're all LSU fans, and he his he had just hung like because the weekend before LSU I was gonna say he remembered just, what happened the weekend yeah, before. <laughs> LSU had just put a whipping on them Gators the weekend before. So as he gets in his car to go to drive off, he gives us a go Gators. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, we had to yell back, go Tigers, right? So they drive off, and we don't think anything about it. We go in the store and look, and while we're in the store, the guy that we're up there to hunt with, he calls us back, and he tells us, hey, I've got an extra pair or two of waders. He said they're old neoprene waders. They're size 12s. One's a a really big size 12, and one's a real skinny size 12. <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, we'll – That'll work. That'll save You're trying us. to size up the physiques to fit into them that you got on hand. That that will work. Uh, you know, it, it beat my hefty garbage bag and duct tape. Yeah. Which I had planned actually to do anyway just for a photo, <laughs> just for fun, but we wound up not doing it. We uh, we got there. We got everything set up at night. We figured out where we were going. And, look, we stopped. I'm going to tell this real quick. We stopped and met the guys that we were up there to hunt with and – this little old establishment and they they were in there eating dinner and, and having them a cold pop and when we walked in one of the guys looked around and he said have y'all seen the bouncer yet i said the bouncer <laughs> well they got a bouncer in a restaurant for <laughs> he said y'all just wait till y'all see her see her this woman walked out she'd make three of me come on that was a big old gal and i'm talking about a i, I got to picking because i mean her neck i don't know which pro team she was a, a lineman forward but this was a <laughs> this was a good sized young lady and uh they very nice folks we got us something to eat and got us something to drink real quick and we got finished they took us to where we were staying at night we all got snuggled in needless to say it didn't it didn't take long for everybody to go ahead and sack out well so were y'all staying at a hotel up there or no lodge they or? had us a trailer uh about 15 we were in mccluskey and we were we were actually staying – the guys that we were meeting, they were staying at a motel in McCluskey, and there was not any room because of the pheasant hunters. Mm-hmm. Apparently, yeah. this time of year, pheasant hunting is just phenomenal in North Dakota. We mm-hmm. didn't get to try it, but we met a lot of folks that were up there to do it and some yeah. who had been doing it and been really successful. And we saw a lot of people riding around looking for pheasants. Yeah. Because, like I say, you can hunt on private land without permission. You know, yeah. Some places you need permission, and it's always right. nice to stop and ask and see if anybody minds. But, man, we went down several roads and was riding across a field, and there's a guy on a combine, and he just waved at us. I mean, it didn't try to flag us down <laughs> and stop us. He just waved at us. We rode on across his cut bean field and went on down, and there's a little pothole down there. We checked it out, couldn't really figure out a – it wasn't many ducks down there, so it, yeah. there were, we could see ducks landing in one behind it, but we couldn't figure out a way to get to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was just no – you can't walk across standing beans to go hunt or standing crop, so it had to be a harvested crop. Had the har- crops been harvested, we could have got to it easy. Yeah. But the way it was – Is that part of like the, the program? That's like, part of the program. Okay. That's part of their law is my understanding. Yeah. Uh, and like I say, I may have a little of it wrong, but – sure. 
the guys that we were up there with, they understood the laws way better than we did. And I would, like I say, I would love to have 10, to, 10 days to two weeks to go over there and really, mm-hmm. and would love to get with somebody that really knows what they're talking about Yeah, to explain it to us, you know, because sometimes we have to have things, you know, kind of dumb down, as, as they say. Interpreted for us. Yeah, bring it down to level where we understand what's going on. But we get up that next morning, man, and we go and we get out of the truck and – we take the truck in on this little thing, and they're like, look, the pothole that we're going to hunt's right up here. They're standing corn over on this side. They're standing beans behind us, but we can take the road in. There's cut corn on this side. And, I mean, you want to talk about a buffet for a duck. I mean, it was <laughs> – we got to looking. Once daylight came up and the ducks kind of slowed down, we kind of got to looking in the standing corn. And from the snow that it hit the week before, it is corn cobs all over the ground. I guess the snow had knocked us it's so heavy on the it. cobs off the stalks, yeah. but it's corn everywhere. And you're watching mallards just drop down in that standing corn. Oh, I bet. And it's like, look at this. Oh, this is something you don't see back home. I mean, right. they're just falling in here. And dude, you could hear them. We got in that morning, drug our blinds in, and one of the guys, the guy that's new, old Frank, he's he's like, man. There's a lot of work as duck hunting, and I'm sitting there thinking this might be one of the easiest <laughs> walk-ins I have ever done. I packed my little ground blind in, laid it out, brushed it in real quick. You know, within 10 minutes, we're done, set up, decoys are thrown out, we're ready. Well, we're about an hour before dark or daylight because we're trying to, you know, like normal duck hunting, we're trying to beat everybody to hole. Right, right. Well, as we're getting finished up and stuff notice there's a truck or two that's wanting to pull in because anybody can hunt these places i mean it's public land and private land that you can hunt so it's a couple trucks out on the highway and they're you could tell we'd got in their spot Mm -hmm. um that's fine we sit down and man as daylight starts to break it is absolutely gorgeous we haven't seen much of it in the daylight right by the time we landed by the time we got out of sporting goods store it's already gotten dark and so we're 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 really just now starting to get to see what we're mm-hmm. what we're in for, and man, the sunrise is just absolutely phenomenal. I mean, and to add to that, the ducks start piling in. You could hear them in the bean field behind you, just wank 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 wank. I mean, it, they're just. It sounds like it's several hundred to a thousand behind you. Mm. And they're not far behind you. I mean, you can hear everything they're doing. So they've I mean, been on it all night, you think? Yeah. They've been in it dry field feeding yeah. all night long. Right. Or when they're loafing, whatever you want to. Right. Right as the sun starts coming up, it's a few ducks start landing in. It's some divers that are kind of swinging way away from us. And it's like, all right, there went a group. There went a group. I lower where all the ducks coming from. And, I mean, they're mm-hmm. just they're just falling in. We had – 40 to 50 mallards in the decoys, mm. you know, five minutes before shooting like like it always is, you know. Yeah. But normally where we hunt at is five to ten. No, it was 40 to 50 all right there. They're all cutting up and splashing around and everything. And So at this point, what's the reactions of the of the other hunters? I don't – everybody is just quiet. Everybody's just real soaking still. soaking it in. It was bad enough, Jeremy, where I was trying to figure out how to turn my phone on because I wanted to film it. Yeah, and and you and I've been on a lot of duck hunts before, but it was just it was just one of those good ones, right? To where yeah. you really wanted to capture the moment, and I didn't want to turn my phone on because I couldn't remember what level of my brightness my screen was on. So yeah. I just finally I gave it up because I had my phone sitting on my chest. I'm like, 
I've got to film this. This is too good not to film. Yeah. But I also didn't want to mess it up for everybody else by flaring stuff because mm-hmm. all of a sudden I turn a flashlight on. So we went up. We just sit there and we wait and we let a minute pass, shooting light pass, and you know we're we're sitting there and it's like all right on the count of three, everybody pop up and shoot and we're passing the word down. Hey, tell everybody on the count of three. I'm gonna count it out. Well, we do it one, two, three, and as everybody pops up, the ducks just pick up off the water, and I mean it's it's a pile of them. I, I don't have you a good number. It's mm-hmm. it's more than a hundred right there in front of us within yeah. gun range. Well, we all pop up. Well, four of us shoot all three times. Bam, 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 bam. and this stuff just falling here and there, and you know it's it's like all right, this is what yeah. this is what duck hunting should be like. This is North Dakota duck hunting. This is what I've flown up here for. I've 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 spent my money. I've done all this travel and spent the time to do this. Right. And about that time, the one in the middle, old Frank, goes, "Well, I didn't even shoot." <laughs> well, we've been talking about it for two minutes. Why why didn't you shoot? Well. One of the other guys, we're going to call him Tom. Oh, Tom gets to laugh, and he said, Jake, look at him. Well, when I turn and look at him, he's got orange earplugs poking out of his head about an inch. <laughs> he said his ears were sensitive, and he didn't want to hurt his ears by the shooting. So, so he failed to hear the he one, two, three. He did not lesson. hear the one, two, three. He didn't hear any of the planning that led up to this. They wasn't quite sensitive enough for that. Well, let me just say, old Frank's our first-time hunter. So we had a lot of fun giving Frank a lot of grief. Mm-hmm. But the thing was, we didn't have time. We weren't really sure. The snow melt had moved the water up, moved the water level up, so we didn't know where the edge of the little hole actually was. So you yeah. could, we got out there about 10, 15 yards, and it started to get deep quick, and we didn't know if it fell off another five feet. Or, right. So we kind of stopped. Yeah, because this is something you couldn't, you didn't have the opportunity to bring your dog or nothing. No, I, I didn't bring my dog, and I hated that. You know, when you when you leave your best hunting buddy at home, yeah, it, it kind of hurts your feelings, and she would have had a field day up there. It yeah. would have been just phenomenal for her to have got to work that first morning for sure. So we, we kind of let them lie. I mean, it's a 16-, 18-mile-an-hour wind blowing right off our backs. It's going to blow everything over to the edge of the reeds on the other side of the little right. pothole. So it's like, okay, we'll, yeah, just, we'll get them. We'll, we'll get them in a little bit. You know, try to keep account of what we've got. Well, before you can get sat down good and get your gun loaded, it's ducks falling back in. Mm. It's like, all right, boys, you know, here, here they All right, here comes a group, here comes a group. All right, everybody take them. So we go to hammering again. I mean, the first 45 minutes was just – pretty well nonstop. i mean we were done wow it, it was over with uh so how many hunters y'all have that first morning we had five okay it was y'all four we had five. it took us longer to go around and pick everything up and we got to look and it's like all right well we've got x number of mallards we've got x number of bluebills okay we can shoot two more mallards you know and that'll yeah. finish us up so then we went to you know we were having to let stuff pass us and, mm-hmm. but now one of the greatest things our new hunter did with these earplugs in and I, I would I would be remiss if I did not tell this part, but we've got a group of mallards. There's four mallards that's work, and they're turning back to us, bump to call, and here they come in. And right when they're they're coming in, and they're within gun range, they've got their they starting to backpedal a little bit, got the landing gear down. Oh, Frank goes, is it mallards? <laughs> After he's unshot. <laughs> but we had told him we're only shooting mallards from him out. Yeah. So he he yells it out. It's not a it's not a question, you know, not are those mallards. Just a, are those mallards? <laughs> well, thank goodness they were within shooting range. So we went ahead and dropped them. <laughs> Showed him what they looked like. Yeah. And when when it stopped, everybody stopped shooting and we turned and looked like, 
did you really just do that? Like, <laughs> did, did you really just yell out, are those mallards, when they were right there? I mean, thank goodness they weren't another 30 yards out and flared off yeah. of it. Thank goodness you waited until they were within shooting range to announce your question there. So, neither to say, we had a lot of learning experiences. As first oh, of I bet. Yeah, take your darn earplugs out. <laughs> Or go get you some of them noise-canceling earmuffs like we have it we shoot with on ski dog. Hearing protection is great, but. Yes, but have some <laughs> where you can actually on. hear, especially when you're a couple of feet apart. Right. Because we're in layout blinds, and we weren't all snuggled up right there together because the, the snow had actually knocked all the grass down. Yeah. So, you so have we a were, lot of cover. We were trying to fluff everything we could up and you know, still leave it looking natural as we could. Right. We get through that morning. We go, and, of course, LSU's game's on. Uh, we find a little place right there by the hotel, and they've got a big screen TV. And, and the guys have told us that it's pretty good food there. Uh-huh. They lied. That that had to be – I ordered a patty melt, and I've never had a patty melt on a crouton. Oh. But, but that little bread that my patty melt was on, I don't know if I've ever eaten a crouton that's quite that hard. <laughs> but anyway, they, they had us a couple of co-pops, so we, we enjoyed watching the ball game. Well – the guys that we met up there, my guys hadn't – we hadn't had a shower because our luggage hadn't made it. Well, right. Our luggage made it about that time that we were sitting down to watch the ball game. So, y'all had to drive back to the airport to get that, huh? No. The airport actually brought it to us. Really? The lady called while we were in the blind, and she asked – she said, sir, you know, where are you at? And I said, we're in McCluskey, right outside McCluskey. I said, I'm actually in the duck blind right now. Well, while I'm on the phone with her, there's a group of mallards swing over the standing corn – and I said, ma'am, hold on just a second. So I laid my phone down on my chest, bumped my call a couple times. They turned. Here they come in. Well, we popped up, shot them, and, you know, moved on about our day. And she said, you really are in duck blind, aren't you? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Um, I really am. That's what I was trying to tell you yesterday. You have all my gear. You have the necessity. Yeah, I've had this. to borrow a duck call. <laughs> I've had to borrow waiters. I had to borrow an extra jacket. Oh, uh, I had to buy some gloves, had to buy toboggan. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've had to suit out, but I'm here. I'm yeah. ready, and we're we're having a phenomenal time. And she's like, well, we can bring them to you. It's like, you can. <laughs> well, by all means, honey, send them <laughs> this way. That's news I've heard all day. Yeah, is that going to cost us anything? She's like, no, it's, uh, it happens all the time. You know, oh. we'll, we'll bring them to you. And I'm like, it happens Something all the time. Something they're used to doing. They got a guy especially yes, for did, delivering gear. <laughs> they did not seem shocked by the, the fact that they did not have luggage that had made the trip. Yeah. But we finish, and uh, the two guys that we meet up there, they're ready to go scouting that afternoon. So the, the the three guys that are with me, they went on back to the hotel and got a, or went back to the trailer and got them a shower and a cut a little nap and stuff. And I went into the, the guy's hotel room there and just got a shower real quick because I had enough clothes to, mm-hmm. I could at least change into clean clothes then. So we go, and I've got my binoculars with me, and we go and we start checking holes and we're riding around and man, you you'd go for several miles and not see a single duck on anything, and it's like, man, look, have they all moved off? And then all of a sudden you top a hill and it's like, whoop, never mind, there they are. Yeah. And you'd have you know lesser geese, Canadians, and you'd have some snows, and you'd have ducks out there feeding, dry field feeding with them, and it's like, all right, where are they going? You know, where mm-hmm. are we going to try to set up and dry field? And no, you try to drive out in it and almost get stuck because it right. was too muddy to approach, and and you can look. And as you're looking, you're like, oh, that's not but a couple hundred yards. We could make that, no problem, or that's a half a mile. Then I would put it up on the, the, the what is that, land, land glide or uh, yeah. on the X hunt. On X, yeah. And measure it out. <laughs> yeah, it's 
2.7 miles. A little further than Tom and Frank wanted yeah. to walk. Well, a little further than I really cared to, especially if we weren't exactly sure how to get there. Right. Is there anything in between us that we can't cross? Because you can't see, you know, it was real flat in places, but then it's a lot of rolling hills in places too. So, yeah. man, I could see how the first settlers, the first people that ever hit that part of the country, dude, you can hide a whole military behind one of behind them hills. One of hills. Yeah. And you'd never know it unless there was smoke or you saw somebody's skyline on top of one of those hills. Well, you're talking about driving across the fields. I'd, I'd seen on Duck South a couple of days ago. I can't remember his name, uh, but he's with Dirty Bird Outfitters. And he had like an ATV, had tracks on it. And he said he was talking about after the snowstorm that they had and the way it left all the fields. That's about the only way he could access anything because he couldn't. I guess they're used to driving pickup trucks across the field or something like that. But he said they couldn't do it just the way the ground was up there. They told us that most of the potholes up there in the years prior to that we couldn't wade across, that you could walk across, and it was probably shin deep oh, at the deepest. Yeah. But with all the snow melt and everything, the ground was just kind of uh, – it was oversaturated. And the, yeah, the holes, what this guy was saying. It was a lot of fresh water. They were telling us that it was approximately probably 80% of the crop that had been planted that year was still standing, had not been harvested. Wow. And a lot of it, they were not sure if they were even going to get harvested. Mm-hmm. So here's my thought on that. If it does not get extremely cold this year, them mm-hmm. ducks, are, they're not going to have to go far. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, there's a lot of food on the ground. There's a lot of water. So unless the water freezes and the food yeah. gets covered up, Best thing a southern boy can hope for. Yeah, a couple of Arctic blasts to, mm. to to wind out down through there. But right, we ride around, we scout, we finally decide we we haven't really seen anything better than what we saw that morning. And it's like, look, you know, do we go try it again? I mean, we got in and out pretty early. Maybe we haven't spooked them. Let's go see if anybody else is over there. If nobody else is hunting this afternoon, messing with them, we'll try that same hole again in the morning. Mm-hmm. We go over check it out there's nobody really there so it's like okay we're, we're gonna come back and try this again in the morning we go and we get to we decide we're gonna run up town to another town which mccluskey's a little bitty town kind of like liberty not a lot there so we decide we're gonna run up to this other town that's supposed to got this wonderful steakhouse mm-hmm. we go over and we get get in there and get sat down and there's a group of guys right there in front of us at the table and you know, we kind of speak to them, you know, being sociable. And the little waitress comes around, and we've been there a couple of minutes. And she said, oh, my. She said, I didn't know that y'all were here. Are y'all new? And it's like, yes, ma'am. We've been here for 30 minutes. And she's like, oh, no, no, you haven't. <laughs> like, no, we really haven't. But the guys at the table next to us, they went to laugh. And they were like, y'all been here for like two minutes. It's like, yeah, but did you see how fast she went to moving when she thought we'd been here for 30 minutes? Dude, they had a ribeye that must have been an inch and a half thick and looked like it was the same size as a plate for $15. Mm. I don't know what they feed the livestock up there, but their cows, you know, I I raise cows, you've got cattle. My cows don't look like that. Those are some of the biggest bone, biggest frame. I mean, the the rear ends on them, there's just got to be better, more cuts of meat off of them than what, what we grow here. Well, they tell us they're almost out of steaks. Well, we've ridden 45 minutes to come eat a great steak at a steakhouse that's yeah. almost out of steaks. Then they're out of baked potatoes. So we had to basically get the cheesy all gratin potatoes, and we had to get a – they had a couple of New York strips left and had a had one or two other steaks. They had some stuffed shrimp, which you don't go to North Dakota to get seafood. I would think so. 
but several of the guys got it just because it was the last option. So we yeah. sat there and ate and get to visiting with the guys that are sitting next to us. And he's a he's a big time. He's got he's got sick of gear on all over. And I had on a sick of jacket, and we get talking about gear. And I I went to kind of question him because I go to Canada this year in Newfoundland, and it's supposed to be cold, cold up there. And I said, man, look, you live in Wisconsin. You're you're more used to cold than we are. Tell me about your gear. What do you what do you use? What do you think's best? You know, tell me about your boots, your gloves. And mm-hmm. he gets to giving us this breakdown of what, and you know, he tells us how much stuff he's ordered and where he kind of gets his stuff from, and what he's found that works best in cold weather conditions. And they've been hunting in North Dakota for like the last 18 years. So he had a little more information that we could kind of get from him. Well, the guy and I wound up swapping information and, you know, I got his Facebook stuff and looked him up and he looked me up and we kind of messaged back and forth for the next couple of days. And I'd send him pictures of what we had going and he'd right. send me pictures of what they were doing. And they were duck hunting in the morning and pheasant hunting in the evening. Oh, wow. So it was really a it was really a good connection. Well, the guys the guys like man, do y'all turkey hunt like just 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 a little bit. <laughs> he said, "Well, we've got great places to turkey hunt in Wisconsin, so now we've got to invite to Wisconsin to come turkey hunt." Oh yeah. So you know, always great to make friendships. You know, I mean, uh-huh. you're on these trips, you never know who you're going to meet or who you're going to run into, and it, it was a really nice connection to make. And uh, I'm gonna keep up with the guy. I kind of like the trip I'm taking to Canada. You know, that guy I met last year when I was in Canada, and he invited me to Newfoundland, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Man, just." If you'll buy your plane ticket, I'll find us a place to hunt. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, twi- <laughs> twist my arm. I mean, I'm I'm in. So we eat dinner that night. We get up next morning. We go hunting, and it, it's not the same hunt. You know, I mean, the, yeah. the ducks are not there that were there the day before. So y'all hunted the same place. We hunted the same pole. And uh, it's it's more of a, a diver hunt that morning. Mm-hmm. There's some bluebills, some ringnecks, a couple of backs. Uh, we still wind up with a pretty good hunt, but not yeah. the same. Right. They just weren't falling all over us like they were the day before. We scratch out a few, and we come out and we go back to scouting again because you, you're going to duck hunting, and you better go scout because yeah. you don't know who all's hunting where. So if you've got a hole planned, you know, we've hunted up in Delta National, up in the forest enough on public right. land that you better be the first man to your hole in the morning. That's right. And you better not count on a hole. You may need you to better go have a backup. Yeah, you better have a little backup and better have done some scouting and looking. And and we're wanting to see part of the country anyway. So we go and we ride around and we check everything out. And, you know, it, it's beautiful, absolutely beautiful country. I know I've been leaking a couple of the pictures across. Uh, you know, we, we, you find a lot of American flags up there just sitting on old rusty equipment, you know. and mm-hmm. But the equipment's not rusty. That, that's the other thing. This stuff has sat outside for years and years and years. And if it wasn't on the road where the salt could get to it when they start salting the road, yeah, this stuff wasn't rusty at all. Just because they we, don't have the humidity to do it? Or? I guess so. Um, I mean, we got to see a couple old trucks still pulling equipment that you were like, man, I hadn't seen one of them in 30 years. <laughs> you know, that thing, it's in a heat pile over at yeah. Mr. So-and-so's house. Right. You know, it hadn't had axles under it in years, but... Just some of the stuff we got to see, some of the equipment. Man, they have some large – I would hate to know how many horsepower some of those tractors were because mm. you're looking at triple-fold equipment up there. And I know mm. they've got it in the Mississippi Delta, but we don't have it here. So it was right. just a – it was a neat experience to get out and get to check things out. And third morning was kind of – we tried a different hole. It was kind of like the second day. It was – we found a big lake that had several thousand birds on it. But I think the lake was a couple hundred acres – 
Well, we pulled in that evening before and saw all the ducks falling in it and asked the guy that was living there, said, hey, man, you know, because the only way to really get to where we were trying to go was through his yard. Oh, wow. And it was like, man, do you mind if we duck hunt? And he's like, man, come shoot the feathers off of them. He said, I don't <laughs> care nothing about them. He said, they out there on my lake all the time. They eat up our crops. He said, yeah, yeah. Y'all, y'all do what you want to do. So that morning we pull into the man's yard. We drag blinds across his yard to one of the old Scooby wagon looking things. You know that old wagon that uh, Shaggy and Scooby on Scooby-Doo yeah. used to have? The, right. I forget what the name of that thing is, the mystery machine. or Yeah. Well, we actually lay out blinds right behind it. I'm talking about I could leach back and touch it. Mm-hmm. But we're in all the stuff that the ducks are used to. Yeah. I mean, so we're we're using the cover that's there. That's right. At one point, it kind of started raining. And I told him, I said, y'all, I'm fixing to crawl in the back of the mystery machine here and <laughs> just sit in it. You know, we can actually shoot them out of the back of it, yeah. I, I believe. So we're we're laid up amongst a bunch of old equipment and I mean, it's just stuff they've lined up around the lake. It's a neat experience, but it, it wasn't where we really needed to be. Though yeah. We had a 20-mile-an-hour, 18, 20-mile-an-hour wind blowing out of the north, and we're on a point where the lake curved around, and the ducks wanted to be there at first. But, you know, after a couple couple of volleys of shots, mm-hmm. all of a sudden they start hanging out. at the. But you would see them pick up, man, and you would – It'd be a couple hundred here, pick up, and they'd fly around, and they'd sit down. And you'd see another couple hundred pick up, and they'd fly around. It's like, oh, I just hope one of them will fly mm-hmm. low over us. And we had a pretty decent little spread out, but the water was so choppy, and the guy had his little kayak out, and he's like, I can go out there and get the ducks. And like, dude, you're not getting out in that. I mean, that's white capping. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're, you're talking about a 200-acre lake or, or oh, bigger. Wow. And the way the wind was blowing off them hills coming down through it, it was like you – if you're going to get in your kayak, just let me know because I'm going to start filming <laughs> when you do because we're going to see you go. Or have a rescue team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we had a pretty good hunt. We eased out of there. Uh, we weren't able to – the ducks that we shot, we were not able to pick up. We had to wait till they floated across the lake. But like I say, it was white capping, so they were moving Total, on across yeah, pretty quick. It didn't take long. But we had a – me and another guy went, and we walked around and picked everything up on the other side. Had actually had a decoy that blew over it too, so we had to pick it up. And the funny thing was they had extended the lead on the decoys. They were probably 10 or 12 feet, and it still didn't hit. Oh, wow. So we knew it wasn't – we weren't waiting out there to get anything. Well, we get, finally get everything packed up. We get back, and we, we're going to – back to Bismarck because we had flew out bright and early the next morning. And I had made some calls ahead and talked with some of the folks at Delta Waterfowl. Their main corporate office is right there in Bismarck. So right. we decided we're going to go over and check it out. Yeah, I bet that was a pretty cool trip. It was. That was really, really nice. Uh, we come into Bismarck. We tell them we'll be there right at 2. I text uh, the head man there, at, uh, Mr. Scott Petrie there at Delta mm-hmm. Waterfowl, and told him, you know, hey, look, you better warn security. We're coming in hot. <laughs> and he's like, what security? We don't, we don't have security <laughs> at the main corporate office. Well, there was somebody there, but it wasn't a security person. But we walk in, and there's really, there's really nobody – standing around to meet us when we walk in yeah so i get to wandering around well i'm kind of scruffy got my beard going you know got a camouflage jacket on got my shorts and my rubber boots on well i start walking down the halls and find this lady and she kind of looked and she's like uh can can i help you <laughs> i'm like yes ma'am i need to see your head honcho 
And she's like, our what? <laughs> I said, your head man. I want to see your head man. She's like, oh, uh, I'm not sure if he's in at this time. I'm like, oh, I know he's here. I need to see him. <laughs> well, she's not sure who or what I am at this time. Yeah, she's she's trying to figure this out. <laughs> well, the other three are still standing back at the door just kind of waiting. And because uh, they, you know, I was the one that had talked to everybody. Right. So she finally, I told her, I said, ma'am, I said, I'm here to see, you know, I, I, I told her some names. She's like, oh. Okay, and I said, yes, ma'am. I said, I'm I'm kind of affiliated with Delta some, so mm-hmm. she felt a lot more comfortable. She went and found them, and uh, we we had a good meet. Man, they gave us a great tour, took us around and showed us the whole new building and everything. And it's a really nice setup. It's not it's not overly done. It's very conservative, you know, yeah. like everything else that Delta does. And right, you know, it, it very well organized. They uh. They had their supply house in the back where they had all the stuff that they sent us for banquets and everything. And it, it was funny. The guy walked back in there, uh, Thorpe, and uh, he said, uh, all right, I'm going to give you two minutes in a shopping buggy. Y'all get whatever you want. <laughs> well, we had already figured out there was a forklift with a big basket on the front of it that had to be able to use as a shopping buggy. Yeah. So we were figuring we'd come out with a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> we just didn't know exactly how to get it on the airplane. I was going to say, you got to bring it back. So I'm like, yeah, <laughs> we, we hadn't quite, but he was making a joke. But they, they let us tour it and got to see some of the new things that are coming up. We got to meet. To me, it was awesome because I've been talking to these folks for the last couple of years, and especially last year, I got to talk to to a whole lot of them. Right, and uh, to actually be able to put some faces with some. Yeah, you got to names. meet Doctor Frank too. Did you got to meet Doctor Frank? Yeah, uh, it was pretty cool meeting him when we went down to down to uh, Alabama to the regional meeting. That was pretty cool meeting. It him. was. Uh, Doctor Frank had to make sure that I told Petrie that. Uh, you know, I had just bought some stock in a windmill corporation. Yeah, yeah he told me about so that. So I, I I told him we had started a new company called Windergy. And, you know, we'd bought bought some stock in it, and it was a really up-and-coming <laughs> thing. And he, he had to get all excited about it for a few minutes until he figured out I was messing with him. Yeah. But kind of to, to finish this thing out a little bit, I know we got a couple minutes left here, but we went that night, and we had us a steak, and uh, they told us about this nice restaurant. We went to it. Well, we did not really belong in a nice restaurant. No. We're still in camouflage. Every one of us got on a camouflage jacket or something kind of roughish. I've still got on shorts and rubber boots because I didn't take anything but my rubber boots with me or my shorts with me. And we walk in, and it's three guys behind us in suits. It's ladies in pantsuits, you know I mean, all all dressed out nice. Y'all blending right in. We blended, yeah, we fit right in with the crowd there. But we got us a nice steak. Got a hanger steak. They had a hanger steak, which is what they call a butcher's cut. Huh. And I had to actually look it up later, but it it's a cut of meat that they never really sell off of a cow because that was the butcher's cut back years ago. He would keep the most prime, most tender cut for himself. I don't guess I ever heard of it. I hadn't either, but I got one, and you could cut it with a butter knife. I really? mean, it was it was fine. Uh, we we sat there and we we had us a good time with the little bartender fellow that was serving us there he had come out from behind the bar because they didn't have really a whole lot of people in that area we were in and he decides that i don't know i don't know if he was anti-hunting or if he just didn't really care for us but guy got real short and he didn't really want to you know uh, one of the guys was trying to pay his check and he wouldn't take his money and so hmm. finally we counted out enough cash for that guy and said, here, yeah, you know, he gonna act like that. We'll, <laughs> we'll ease on down the road. Well, we walked down to the next little place. It was a couple people going in and out and we could hear cutting up in there. And it's like, and y'all were in Bismarck. For we were in Bismarck, okay. downtown Bismarck. Yeah. And, uh, we walk in and the guy's chopping up a block of ice. 
to putting drinks. I mean, he's not – he hasn't got a bag of ice or he's yeah. not scooping ice. But he's chopping up a block of ice. He's shaving some off. He's cutting some of them into, oh, into wow. big cubes, and that's what they're putting in. And we get us a cold, cold pop there. And by the time he asked us, he said, are y'all going to play 21 while you're here? And I'm like, 21, what are you talking about? Blackjack. He said blackjack. He said, we got blackjack <laughs> in the back. I'm like, you have blackjack in a restaurant? <laughs> he said, oh, we got bingo too. By the time you could hear on B23, I, you know, it was like, oh, I may move here. I like this. <laughs> so we ease around and go back in there, and they've got a couple couple folks in there playing bingo and stuff, and we ease over to the blackjack table and sit down and talking to one of the dealers. Well, we get talking to one of the dealers, and he tells us, he said, man, he said, uh, have y'all run into anything neat here? And it's like, oh, man, we've come across all kind of neat <laughs> stuff, stuff we can tell, stuff we can't tell. Yeah. But uh, I was telling him about the the bouncer at the first place we went yeah. the first night. And he said, man, he said, let me tell you. He said, she ain't a lady if she ain't 380. <laughs> I like to have fell out of my chair laughing. I was like, would you repeat that? And he's a big old burly guy. And he's like, she ain't a lady if she ain't 380 in North Dakota, man. We like them big up here. I like to have fell out. We were all rolling laughing. We got to meet some other folks there that night and learn some we got to mingle with the locals. Yeah. And you could tell they knew we weren't from there. <laughs> so we, we had a good time. It was a, like I say, man, it was a really, really awesome trip and, and I can't I can't wait till the next one I get to go on. Man, that's awesome. So you have any more trips coming up besides your Newfoundland trip? I know we you plan on that one. Uh we're talking about maybe making a Texas deer hunt. Oh uh, Yeah. Yeah, we usually make one of those trips right. every once in a while and uh just Pretty well, that's it. Going down to the camp yeah. in Louisiana, go hunt some. Uh, may make a run or two. I've had some phone calls. Probably go back down to Florida at the end of the year yeah. in the duck season and right. do that again with those guys. But that that's pretty well it. So, okay. Well, I guess that's going to wrap us up for the day. I know, um, I know it's always fun hearing about our hunting trips, where we're going, where we've been, and Heck, before you know it, duck season's going to be here right around the corner, man. Man, it ain't but a couple weeks away. It is. A couple weeks away. You know, know, youth hunt, I think it's November 16th. We'll be rocking and rolling, hopefully. Yeah, something like that. I can't remember the exact dates, but. Which, now, I can't remember. Now, we did agree to do a, uh, well, I agreed for us to help with a a handicap hunt or however they call that now. uh, In Natchez on November 16th. So, I got to get more detail on that. Okay. Okay. But sounds good. Well, everybody, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Outdoor Country Talk with Jacob and Jeremy. God bless. Thank you. Well, ain't nothing like a southerner. Lord, to make you feel all right. I got the windows down. I got the radio on.